Faithfulness, praise the Lord. He is faithful, praise God. Praise the Lord. And he proves that over and over and over to us, right? He does. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It is so great to be in the house of the Lord, to worship and adore him, to come together. Like Minister Carmen said, right, last year we couldn't come together. And last year was kind of difficult talking to a monitor, talking into a camera and not being able to hear the, the praises and the worship and the, and the brothers and sisters uh, um, uh, coming alongside with, with you and what you were saying, right? And, and agreeing or disagreeing, praise God. And it's so awesome. It's so awesome that you guys are here today. It's so awesome. I am so grateful, so grateful, so grateful. Praise the Lord. So let's talk about the Word of God, and I'm going to be talking a little bit today about 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 7 through 9, 16 through 18. And I'm going to read the scriptures in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It says, but, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. 16, therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentarily, momentary momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs, outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what we see, what we is, what is seen, sorry, but on what is unseen since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Father Lord, thank you for your word. I just pray you speak to me first and you minister to our lives. We need to hear your, wo your word. We need to hear your voice today. And we need to bounce. We need to bounce, God. Yes, Amen. Amen. 2 Corinthians was written by Paul. And we know and in 1 Corinthians, he approached the Corinthian church because they were all divided and going through some tough times. And yet in 2 Corinthians, he, um, Paul continues writing, but he had settled um, the division issue. They were, they had repented and, and they were, you know, trying to get along. Amen. But he continues to write because he continues to defend his apostleship, right? They, they thought he wasn't qualified to be an apostle or he wasn't in there when the disciples were around and Jesus was around. So that was a whole big mess. But he continues to, to encourage and continues to instruct this church that needed so much instruction. And in particular, in chapter 4 of 2 Corinthians, he speaks in a moment where he's kind of fragile and going through some tough times, you know. Um, but he continues to speak about how priceless the message of the gospel was and how that message was inside of this, this jar of clay, us human beings. And he speaks to them clearly about not giving up and not quitting although they would go through some tough times and some persecutions and they would go through it they would go through the ringer right 
but he shared his heart and he shared that not to lose heart. And we see that in that chapter twice. Do not lose heart. It's mentioned in verse 1 and in verse 16. And he emphasizes that God would sustain them and God would eventually raise them up and in eternity that suffering would cease and stop. And it would be worth going through all that they would go through to at the end rest and have an eternal life with Jesus. And that is what 2 Corinthians chapter 4 is all about. This week, I had a conversation with a group of young people, and we spoke about how do we move on. We discussed the idea of being stuck, but then how do we move on? And it got pretty interesting. They went to places that I really didn't want to go, but I had to go there because what am I going to do? Because it's not easy to be, to be stuck. This got me thinking that a few weeks ago I also spoke about David in Psalm 27 and, and how about and, 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 and we talked about Christians not giving up. But it got me thinking that as Christians we fall. Proverbs 24, 15 and 16 state, do not do not lurk like a thief near the house of the righteous. Do not plunder the dwelling place. For though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. But the wicked stumble when calamity strikes. Not once, not twice, not three times, not four, five, six, seven times. The righteous fall. Not the unrighteous. The scriptures is talking about righteous people, a person that does, that, that does good and, and prays and maybe reads their Bible, getting knocked out, getting knocked down, maybe by someone, maybe by the evil. When we think about falling down, we often think about, I failed, I sinned, I fell into sin, I fell away from God, I left the Lord. But I'm here to tell you something different. As Christians, as people in relationship with God, as people reading their Bible, as people um, fasting, seeking the Lord, we fall. We fall. We get knocked down sometimes. And once again, I'm not talking about sin, and this does happen. I'm not talking about leaving your faith, although that is happening a little bit too much often for my good and for my sanity. No, I want to talk to you about falling into temptation because we do. I want to talk to you about falling into different kinds of troubles because we do. I want to talk to you about maybe falling into the wrong relationships because we do. Maybe falling in, in troubles because the devil is out to get us and destroy us and kill us. Troubles because of our human nature. Because I could be good, but I could be bad all by myself. We will, be, we will make mistakes. And we will get discouraged. We will get tired. We will get totally overwhelmed, praying, reading the Bible, seeking God, coming to church. 
being a pastor. We get overwhelmed about situations around us. Wicked people are going to hurt us. People are going to betray us. The bottom line is that trouble will touch us sometimes. I think that, that I can't be more clearer. We're going to fall into trouble sometimes. We're going to fall into different situations that are going to be difficult for us. Life is full of challenges, of adversity, of some tough times. This past year has proved it. It can't get any worse than this. Or maybe it can. We're going to face situations. Maybe this week you've had the week, you have had the week of hell. Maybe you've told yourself, I can't no more. I'm tired. Let me get on a plane and leave. And then you find out you can't go nowhere. <laughs> Talk about trouble. And a text that I always think, I think I bring it up every time I preach. And it's John 16, 33 that says, I have told you these things so that, in, so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have troubles. You will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. You see, and sometimes we, I was sharing, and sometimes we hear that and it's like, Okay, what does that mean? We understand it here, but it doesn't go down here. And when we go through the ring and we, we go through situations, we're like, but God. You see, sometimes, just sometimes, even for a moment, we feel like Paul and what he just finished saying. We are hard-pressed on every side. We're troubled, afflicted, never freed from trials by people or situation. Biblically, uh, definition means that it's hard, it's severe, it's fierce to oppress, to, um, to press, drive hard, and exact, which means demand. I get tired and pressed just reading it. In simple English, we are pressed on every side, afflicted. He just said we are perplexed, completely baffled, puzzled. In the Greek, it means to be at a loss and agitated greatly. In the Hebrews, it means confused, entangled, to be distracted. Have your thoughts, situations, problems, whatever you might be going through ever made you feel that way? I'm just so perplexed. What else? I can't understand this. We are persecuted, he says. And persecuted means to harass or punish in a manner designed to injure, grief, or afflict. Biblically speaking, persecution is the act of harassing, oppressing, or killing people because they are different from our, our society. And that includes us Christians. You know, it's spoken that the Western, uh, us, right, in the United States, where we live here in this beautiful country of ours, we don't know persecution. John 15, 19, 20 says, if you were of the world, the world will love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, because I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than a master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they keep my word, they will also keep yours. 
we will be persecuted by this world, the devil. Just read Ephesians 6. We're in war. We're at war. We tend to forget it sometimes. Paul says we are struck down. But wait a minute. I'm a Christian. How am I struck down? What's that about? It literally means to knock something or someone over with a heavy blow. I think of lightning, right? A tree, a, a wrestling match, somebody bringing you down violently. But didn't that diagnosis bring you down violently? Didn't that stab in the back by your bestest friend, by your husband or your wife? Didn't that strike you down? Hasn't this year struck us down a little bit? And it also means to be rejected, canceled, annulled, invalidated, or rendered ineffective to be struck down. I, I felt some rejection. I, I know what canceling mean, means. I know what is to invalidate. Biblically speaking, struck down, it was, he used it, right, in the Bible is used by struck down by our enemies, and even God struck people down. I don't want to be struck down by God. Can we identify with any of this, or is it just me? Yet I begin to talk about falling first. Because to talk about bouncing up, you must speak about falling down. We fall down into depression, sadness, melancholy, right? We get our emotions due to tough things that we go through, right? Yet I always think about the idea that it's not about how we fall, but how we get back up again. Yes, as Christians, we fall, but we get back up again. And I need to personalize this because I know there's been days that I've been down and I've gone down and I have fallen. Oh, but God, but God, but God, but God, I get back up again. I get back up again. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, it doesn't mean that we do not see what's going on. It doesn't mean that the problem has gone away. It doesn't mean that, that everything's pe peachy and perfect, oh, but, but we've got to get up again. As believers, we cannot, we cannot afford to stay down. Staying down with me would be that the devil wins. It would be that he's got the last word. Oh, but definitely that's not God's will for our lives. It's not his will for yours or mine. So I really want to talk to you today about a f in a few minutes, not that, not that few minutes, let me not lie here. Uh, let me tell you the truth. I'm going to preach, right? Uh, I want to talk to you about bounce, about getting back up, about being able to bounce and getting back up again. You see, there is something called resilience. Melissa, you know, you know the word, right? We use it all the time. Us people think that we know the brain and all of that good stuff, right? Resilience is the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties, toughness, the ability of a substance or object to spring back up into shape, having elasticity, right? It is the ability to bounce back in the face of challenges, losses, and adversity. Ability to, uh, to uh, adapt to stress and adversity. Inner strength and rebounds quickly from setbacks, from uh, such transitions as illness, trauma, and even the death of a loved one. It is also the ability to self-soothe during difficult times. 
right now. Resiliency is um, characterized, right, or marked by withstanding shock without permanent deformation or rupture. Tending to recover from, a, from an a, or easy adjust, adjusting, right, of misfortune or change. A person who is resilient is self-aware, realistic, keeps calm, under stress, has self-control, motivated, and optimistic. A person that is resilient has bounced. Has bounce. You see, the only object that reminds me of this bouncing thing or this resiliency thing is this ball. I just chose a basketball because basketball is my favorite game. I used to play back in the days. <laughs> you see, a ball bounces back quickly. Back or away from a surface or after hitting something, it rebounds. It bounces back. It comes back to the, to the one that's holding the ball. <laughs> who's holding us, right? Because if, if I'm this ball that bounces, who's holding me? Who's directing me? Who's guiding me? Who's showing me where to go? It better be God. Oh, hallelujah. And yes, you know, there are ways, psychological, uh, psych- psychology and books and stuff that I could share how we re- rebound back and, and all of that good stuff. But I'm not here to talk to you about a psychological resiliency. I'm here to talk to you about a godly resiliency. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You see, when a Christian, a person in a relationship with God... Someone washed with the blood of the lamb might fall, might go down, might be struck down. They might be struck down, but they get back up again. Did you remember Joseph? Man, was he struck down multiple times. He was sold into slavery. He went to jail for a crime he didn't commit. Then um, the cupbearer said, I'm going to take you out. I'm going to help you. But he forgot about him. Man, talk about being struck down but he got back up again. Let's talk about Job. He lost 10 children, his servants, his animals, his crops, and finally he lost his health, struck down by calamity. And on top of all of that, he had some crazy people around him. Some friend, his wife was even crazier. Come on. Talk about struck down. And let's talk about Naomi. She faced a famine, leaving her home, going to to another country, another place to find something better. She loses her her husband. She loses her son. She loses her daughter-in-law. Thank God Ruth didn't leave her. She returns to her her own land, right? No No longer calling herself Naomi, which meant pleasantness. Did you hear what I said? It meant pleasantness. And she says, please, please, just call me bitter. And what about Paul? 
Second Corinthians 11, 23 through 28. Paul worked harder than anybody else. He was in prison frequently. He got flogged. He, he severely, he got whipped. He was exposed to death again and again five times. He received 40 lashes minus one. Three times beaten rods, um, uh, 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 hit with stones. Three times shipwrecked. Spent time out in the sea by himself. Constantly in and out of, the, of dangerous rivers. Bandoned people from his own clan. Jewish people heard him. Uh, Gentiles heard him. Always in danger in and outside the country. Things being um, spoken about him that weren't true. Labor, toiled. He went through so much. He went without sleep. He went without hunger. He went without food, without water. He often went without cold and naked. And besides everything, he faced the daily pressure of his concern for the church. Oh, my goodness. After all of that, pastor, he had to pastor the churches. <sighs> and, and what about Jesus? He laid on a cross. He experimented things that I can't even speak about physically, emotionally, spiritually. Remember um, uh, Gethsemane, right? That experience that he said, Lord, please, God, please, please, get, like, if I could get rid of this, I don't want to do this, but your will, not mine. Satan just thinks he struck him down because Jesus dies. He's laid in a, in a cave, in a tomb. Oh, and Satan said, I got him down. I struck him down. I struck him down. But then one day passed and two days passed and three days passed and he got back up again. He got back up again. He got back up again. Hallelujah. Because we may fall. Seven times we may fall. Oh, but we get back up again. We get back up again. Hallelujah. Because if Jesus got back up again, we're going to get back up again. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Woo. Wow. Yet, through all of that, they got up again. Because they had resiliency in God. They had bounce. And it didn't matter how hard you brought them down. It shouldn't matter how hard the devil tries to bring you down, you see. You got to bounce back up again. You come back up again. You come back up again. And the harder he brings you down, oh, the harder, the, 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 uh, the more um, with power you're going to come back up again. Isn't that great? Because the harder I hit this ball, the, 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 um, the, I don't know, even know what to say. What am I saying? What am I trying to say? Oh, it's going to bounce higher. It's going to bounce higher. It's going to bounce higher. The the harder the struggle, the harder the situation, the harder the problem, the harder the persecution. No matter what might come your way, you're going to bounce. You're going to bounce. You're going to bounce. Woo! I have some God resiliency in me because I'm going to bounce. Devil, you better knock me down. You better blow me up so that I won't bounce up again. Because as long as there is life in my body, hallelujah, as long as there is, there is air in my lungs, I'm going to bounce. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Woo! Glory, glory. Glory, glory. I'm going to bounce. I may not have many things. But one thing I know I have, I have God in my life. I got the Holy Spirit inside of me. I've been washed by the blood.
songs. Praise the living God. Oh. Listen, I got to take off this jacket because I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little hot. All this bouncing is making me hot. Woo. These people in the Bible sound great. But that's what they are, people in the Bible. But what about men and women around you? What about men and women in history, in our history books? What about men and women that you know have gone through so much, but they've gotten back up again? You see, when I think about this, I think about our healthcare workers in the United States and all over the world. People that put their lives on the line, face dark times, horrible times through this pandemic. They had to stay uh, 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 and work hours and hours, not see their loved ones, see people dying in front of them over and over and over again. Oh, but they had bounce. Ooh, they had bounce. They bounce back up, up again because they continue doing it again. I want to thank all our healthcare workers. There are some in the house. Thank you. Thank you, Minister Carmen, for your dedication, for all you've done that, that no one may be seen, but he's seen, and he will reward you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you for the nurses, for the doctors, for the teachers. Thank you, Lizette. For the parents. Thank you, parents. Oh, if we've seen people bounce this year, it's been through this pandemic, they have bounced. And there are so many other men and women throughout history. And like I said, the, um, Theodore Roosevelt, Roosevelt said it this way. There has never been, there has yet never been a person in our history who led a life of ease whose name is worth remembering. Kind of like that. C.S. Lewis puts it this way. Hardship often prepare ordinary people for extraordinary destinies. Woo! There's no pain. There's no gain without no pain. And what about your story? What about your story? People going through diversities and situations, prob problems, difficulties, difficulties, but having bounce and getting back up again and again and again and again. Hallelujah. Because it doesn't matter how many times he's going to try to knock us down. It doesn't matter what the situation is going to bring. It doesn't matter how many times he tries. We're going to get up, but we're going to get up in the name of Jesus, Lord of all things, host of all things, God greater than all things, going to help us to get back up again. So how do we bounce up again, Lord? How do we bounce up again? It was simple. Verses 16 through 18, I'm going to go through them real quickly. How is it we are hard-pressed on every side, but we're not crushed? Woo! 
And crushed means deformed, uh, made into pow pow um, powder, um, forced inwardly by compression, feeling overwhelmingly disappointed or embarrassed, biblically speaking, to press and bruise between two hard bodies, to squeeze, to force a thing out of its natural shape, to bruise by pressure. So we are pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. Woo! I might be a little perplexed, but I'm not in despair. The complete loss of absence of hope, loss of hope, a feeling of complete hopelessness. He finally gave up in despair, a cause of hopelessness. We might be hopeless sometimes. Oh, no, wait a minute. We might be helpless sometimes. But you see that definition? We're never hopeless. This week I spoke to a couple of parents, Melissa, and I felt so helpless. So hopeless that I couldn't help them. But I wasn't hopeless because after I hung up with them, I said, Lord, I can't do nothing for them. But you can. You know their name, you know their number, you know where they live, you know what they're going through. You can help. So I was helpless because I couldn't do nothing. But my hope was in God. You see, my hope was in God. When you come to the place of despair, that you've lost that too. And that is what? When you're helpless and when you're hopeless is what? Melissa, suicide, right? I, 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 keep, I keep talking to Melissa because, you know, we, 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 we were in the same kind of a business. It's suicide. When you come to the place of being helpless and hopeless, we, you need to call 911. But as Christians, we're never hopeless. We're never hopeless because we know who we've believed in. We're never hopeless because we know where our hope comes from. We know that we can raise our eyes to the heaven and know where my help comes. My help comes from the Lord, the creator of heaven and earth, and he shall never leave me nor forsake me. How is it that we can be persecuted but not abandoned? Oh, an ease to support or, or look after someone deserted. Um, give up completely a course of action, right? Um, biblically speaking, to, to give up uh, absolutely or forsaken. Oh, we're not forsaken. So yeah, 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 I could be persecuted, but I'm not forsaken in my persecution. We're not forsaken. He is with you. No matter what the devil tries to tell us, he's gone. He's left you. Look at what you're going through. You're supposed to be a Christian. You read the Bible. You, you, you go to church. You fast. You do all of this. Oh, but in the name of Jesus, shut up. Because I believe. I believe that I'm never abandoned. Shut down. Shut him down. Shut him down. Because the word of God says, though my mother, though my father leaves me, although they forsake me, although they leave me all alone and they have, God will never leave me. He will never forsake me. He will never leave me alone because he is with me. Hallelujah. How is it that we can be struck down, Pastora, but we're not destroyed? Woo! We could be knocked down, but we're not destroyed. Destroy means to put an end to an existence 
or something by damaging or attacking it, ruining someone emotionally, spiritually, defeatingly to the end uh, and biblically to demolish, to put down, to separate the parts of an uh, um, edif edifice, right? The union of which is necessary to con constitute the things, the thing, right? To bring it that's together. Now you're breaking it apart. You're ruining it to lay it to waste, to make desolate, to kill, to slay. We might be struck down, but we are not destroyed. We might be falling down sometimes, but we are not ended. Our life has not ended. We are still here. We are still standing. We still can come in through that church and raise our hands and worship the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Even when I'm struck down, I'm going to still praise. Even when I'm stuck down, I'm still going to worship. Even when I'm falling, and I can't get back up. I'm still going to praise. I'm still going to worship. I'm still going to recognize that he is king of kings and lord of lords. Because I know, Pastora, I'm going to get back up again. 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 Because that's this holy, holy bounce in me. That's this holy bounce in me that the devil cannot, cannot take away. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the living God. Praise the living God. We bounce, although there are some psychological aspects to resiliency and even an innate desire to survive and get back up again. As a Christian, it's all about God and in our lives, like Paul states in the following verses. It says, therefore, do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. The gospel of Jesus Christ is inside you. He deposited himself in you. The Holy Spirit lives inside of us. That even when we're crying and going through the tough times because we will go through, there's this something inside of us that is reminded that we are serving a powerful and mighty God. There's this thing inside of us that lifts up a shirt and tells us, no, mommy, you got to get up, baby girl. You got to get up, baby girl. You got to get up, baby girl. Don't lose heart. Don't give in. Don't give up. I am with you. You are not alone. Somebody needs to hear this today. You are not alone. You are not alone. Don't lose heart. Because we have a relationship with the Father through Jesus Christ. The gospel we profess, oh, like Pastor Mark said a couple of weeks ago, I think last week. Oh, when you have had an encounter with God, come hell, come storm, come situations, come whatever might come. You will not go back. You will not go back. It never goes through my mind that I would leave God. It never goes through my mind that I would stop coming to church. It will never come to my mind that I need to forsake the giver of my life, the giver of my strength, the faithful God, the Holy One. It never comes to my mind. And this week I wanted to run. I wanted to get on a plane and leave. Everything and everyone. Just leave. But I can't get on a plane, man. <laughs> 
God works in mysterious ways. Because he knows I would have been gone. The second thing is that we know we are being renewed. He's working it out. Don't worry. He's going to use different things and different ways to renew you. It might be a song. It might be a call. It might be a prayer. It might be uh, uh, your child playing with another child. It might be something so insignificant, but he's going to use it to lift you up, to give you a new new step in your walk. He's going to renew you because every day he renews us. This ball may stop bouncing, but if the creator comes and grabs it, and it might start out slow. You see how slow it was? How low it is? Oh, but he's going to renew me, and he's going to renew me, and renew me, and then the next day, oh, I got my bounce back. It's okay. I might cry today. I might be down and and out, because I I do. I I could cry. I could get all melancholic and all of that stuff. It's okay. He's going to renew you. He's going to renew you. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that's far awaits them all. Know that the trouble is achieving something. Aren't you a Christian? Am I not a Christian that says that everything works out for the good of those who trust him? That he's going to turn it around? That he's going to turn my my morning into dancing? That he's going to lift up my faith? That he's going to work it all out? He's going to work it all out. We must understand that he's in control. And although maybe for this season, I'm feeling a little deflated. Oh, 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 I'm feeling maybe a little low. Just know that he's teaching me something. That he's showing me something through this. I might not understand it. I might not understand why he told me no. I don't get it. It was perfect. So it seemed. Hallelujah. <laughs> He's going to teach us something. It's going to achieve what he needs it to achieve in our lives. When I know this, I accept it, and then I could bounce. So then I fix my eyes on what is seen. I, I, I'm sorry. So, I fix, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. I fix my eyes on him. Listen, I got wonderful people in my life. My mom and my dad are no longer in my life. My brothers and sisters, I have half-brothers and sisters, and they're like not close to me. Tomorrow, one of my dearest friends is going to leave to some other state, and I can't tell you how that feels, but it's not about me. It's about her and her and her well-being, right? But one thing I've learned is that when everything looks dark around me, when I can't understand something, Betsy, I just look up. I just look up because he's in control. Because I, I, I think I've given him over my life. 
I said, okay, Lord, whatever you want, whatever it is, take my life. Take my, my education, what, all you've given me, the blessings, who I am, who I'm not, what I'm going to become, what I'm going to do, who you're going to bring into my life, who, who you are not. And I try to look up and fix my eyes on him. I think more than ever before, we need to seek ye the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Never mind what it says afterwards that it says everything else I'm going to give you. Never mind that. It doesn't matter if he gives you something or not. Seek him. Look for him. Put your eyes on him and let him do whatever he's going to do. Today, it's got to be all about him. We bounce and get back up when we trust him and not the situations, not the circumstances, not the problem, not the difficulty, not the challenges. But we trust on an unseeing, powerful, righteous, loving, merciful, faithful, and unchanging God. That's who we look at. And in conclusion, there was a moment in my life where I was really, really down. I have fallen on so many levels. And I used to play this song over and over and over and over again. And it says as follows. We fall down, but we get up. We fall down, but we get up. We fall down, but we get up. Oh, yes. For a saint is just a sinner who fell down but got up. God bless you. God bless you.